how leaders lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, it's so good to be with you again. How are you today? I'm doing great, Kula, and I'm looking forward to uh, having our conversation as I always do. I am too, because we're talking about your conversation with Nat Turner, who's the CEO of Collectors. And if you haven't listened to the episode, I will do you a favor and give you a trigger warning if snakes are not your thing, because the episode starts out with a hilarious story about Nat raising snakes and trying to ship them. It's really funny, but if you get freaked out by the snake and rodent situation, then maybe just skip over the first 90 seconds of the episode. But this is a fascinating conversation, David. Raising snakes is a business, okay? And this is a business that he got into at a very young age and was very, very successful at it. You do have to listen because it is a funny story. There's some major uh, learnings from it. He may or may not have been banned from utilizing FedEx. So I'll just leave that little cliffhanger with you. And uh, with that, we'll dive right into today's questions. Question number one, Nat sold his first company for $80 million at age 24. And he credits a lot of that success to his business partner who he met during his freshman year of college, Zach. This obviously worked out well because Nat and Zach are still doing business together and have had a number of successful businesses. But I've heard a lot of stories about business partners who don't work out and how that relationship sometimes goes sour. David, do you have any advice for leaders about how to select the right business partner? Well, I think a lot of it is real common sense, but, uh, you know, as someone once said, the problem with common sense is it's not that common. But I think, number one, do you like the person? Do you really like spending time with the person? Because when you go into business with someone, you're going to be spending a lot of time together. So you better like each other. Number two, do you share the same values? Do you share the same values and, and do, you, do you trust each other's character? I think that's always essential. Number three, are you both in it for the right reason? You know, are you just doing this to make money or are you doing this to make a difference in the world? I think when you're doing stuff to make a difference in the world, I mean, that's when a partnership really, really comes into play. And number four, it's always best when you have complementary strengths, because if you're into each other's business too much, uh, you know, it takes a lot of the joy of the, the of the partnership away. So, you know, if you're a visionary, that's really terrific, but you better have somebody who can get into the details and really run the operations. And last but not least, I think for whatever business you have, you really got to have a shared vision for what you want it to become someday. And I think that vision really fuels you in the good times and the bad times. You know, as you were just sharing that, I'm thinking about some of the people I know whose relationship with their business partner has gone south. And almost every one of them have told me that they knew from the beginning that something wasn't right about it. So in addition to those excellent tips you just shared, I think it's also important to remember that you got to trust your instinct and trust your gut because it's a pretty committed relationship to start a business with somebody. And if something feels off from the beginning, I would encourage people to really trust that and not just overlook it, even if the business opportunity feels too good to be true. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, you got to follow your gut instincts. And that's why I always say you really got to like the person. I mean, you know, it's the same reason why you hire somebody. You follow your gut. Do you like this person or not? Is this person going to make you better or not? Is this person going to help you grow or not? Is this person going to be fun to work with or not? These are the kind of things that you just got to you know, trust your instincts on. You certainly cannot overlook whether or not you like the person. I love that that advice. It's so common, but a lot of times people just don't use common sense. Question number two. I love the commitment Nat has to simply starting. He says that just getting started with a new idea is 99% of building a business. Now, I can see how that might be scary for some leaders. To start something without having a clear idea of what it will eventually become might feel overwhelming. And I'm curious, David, if you have any insight into how one can overcome that fear of getting started and just begin. Well, I think this comes back to what you just mentioned, Cool, is, is your instincts. You know, if your instincts really tell you that you've got a potential big idea, it's worth it to put the time in to explore it and find out if there's really something there. Because when you do that, you'll get closer and closer to the problem you're trying to solve, and you understand if you really have a good path towards making that happen. I thought a lot about your conversation with Uri Levine when I was listening to this part of your conversation with Nat and his book, Fall in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution. That's a really clear way to add value to customers. So I feel like if you're confident in the problem that you are solving and that it is a felt pain point of your target audience, I feel like that might be enough to give someone the gumption to just go forward with it. Yeah, I think that's a that's that's a key thing. And uh, what I liked about Yuri is that he had the same philosophy as Nat. Just get started. You know, get started, learn, adjust, adapt, see if the problem is really out there, and then come up with the solutions that will ultimately uh, satisfy that problem. You know, one other thing that I think is is a way to overcome your fear is just to ask yourself, what would happen if I don't do that? I just heard a country song, which is, I wish I would have married that girl, <laughs> but it's too late. Okay. You know, so it's like, Hey, you got to ask yourself, what would happen if I didn't do that? And if, if you, if it kind of pains you to think about that, it pains you to say, man, if I don't get started on this, I might really miss out. Well, I think maybe you should get going. Question number three. You talk a lot in the episode about how to get started with a new business idea. And I love when Nat says that you have to have strong opinions loosely held. David, what's your take on this? I mean, is there a time in your career where you've done this well or maybe even not so well? Well, I love that phrase, strong opinions uh, loosely held. You know, I, I think that is such a, a wise statement for anyone to make. And I have to tell you, one of the things I really, really push myself to do now all the time is to be open-minded. And you know why, Kula? Because I've learned what happens when you don't. And it's not a pretty situation. You know, I would have to tell you, being a fairly creative person, I would have a tendency early on in my career to fall in love with my own ideas. I mean, I would just love them. I would think that I was so brilliant for coming up with this idea. You know, one of the biggest marketing failures in the last century was Crystal Pepsi. That was a, a great example of where I just love my ideas, but it, it wasn't a 
uh, loosely held opinion about how great that was. It was like I knew for sure it was. And it ultimately ended up not being that. Another one that I have is when I was running marketing at, at Pizza Hut, we were on a real roll of Pizza Hut. We had had a lot of success and a lot of great promotions. And, uh, you know, my team came up with this idea to do a promotion with Back to the Future. And we looked at a lot of premium ideas. And one of the ideas that that we we just really liked was these solar shades. And these were really funky sunglasses that were going to be displayed and worn by the characters in the movie. You know, assuming we would promote the movie with all of our media, the Back to the Future was going to put these solar shades in the, the movie. Well, as it turned out, they did not end up in the movie in a prominent way. And worse yet, you know, we ordered 9 million of these. Now, if we would have sold 9 million sunglasses in our restaurants, we would have been the largest seller of sunglasses in the world on an annual basis, you know. And I remember standing up at our franchise convention talking about how we were going to sell 9 million of these and that this would make us the number one seller of sunglasses in the, in the world. And I thought to myself, oh my God, is that really true? Well, I did know it was true, but it it dawned on me then, man, we could really be sticking our neck out here. And as it turned out, we did. It was a very unsuccessful promotion. And, you know, but the interesting thing is that myself and my team, we were totally ob oblivious to anything that could go wrong because we were so convinced the movie was going to be a hit. We were going to get these solar shades displayed prominently in the movie. Everybody was going to want them. And, you know, worse yet, I hate to admit this because it's so painful. We launched the promotion when the movie came out, which was in December. And I'll never forget going up to Chicago in a huge snowstorm. And it was just an unbelievably bad snowstorm. And it was freezing up there, windy, terrible. I go into this pizza and I talk to the restaurant manager. And I said, you know, what's working, what's not working? I always ask people that. And, 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 uh, I, and this was right in the midst of the uh, uh, Solar Shades promotion. And, and I said, is there anything that you'd like to see us be doing? And he said, I think you need to go back and fire that guy that came up with this solar shades promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I raised my hand and said, that'd be me. <laughs> you're blinded by your own solar shades? Yes. I, oh, you're, that, very good. Very good. It's a great example of not doing so well at having strong opinions that you loosely hold. And I feel like, you know, I'm kind of joking about it, but nine million sunglasses is a lot of sunglasses. And that wasn't an inexpensive mistake. So I love the way that you've learned from your failures, as all great leaders do, and have really forced yourself to be open minded to other people's feedback early in the process of ideation and development. Going back to your original question, I never had any problem getting started on my ideas. I mean, I loved my ideas and I'd get going on them whenever I could. Uh, one of my biggest problems was, is that, uh, you know, I, I didn't really check uh, in some cases, you know, hard enough uh, to really, you know, work through all the potential challenges that, that, that could exist. And, you know, the other thing that really hurt 
us when I did that solar shade promotion was we were on a roll. Everything that we were doing was working. So that, that creates a little bit of hubris. And you start thinking that, you know, everything you're going to touch is going to turn to gold. Well, that's not the way how it is. And when you start thinking that you've got all the ideas or you and your team are on a roll and there's no way that this isn't going to work, guess what? You're heading towards a potential uh, pitfall. And, 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 and that happens every now and then. But by the way, we did get rid of all the solar shades. You know, we bartered them off. We sold some of them, bartered them off. And, you know, we survived. But man, it was painful to go through something that was so poorly received by the consumer. Gosh, I wish I would have received a pair of solar shades so I could put them on right now and just bring this full circle. <laughs> I think you can go online and buy some now. They're, they're really a collector's item. Well, perhaps Matt Turner will start collecting them at collectibles <laughs> and really pull this thing full circle. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And tune in this upcoming Thursday for a great conversation I had with David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs.